This is the Cinematography for Actors podcast. More than a podcast, CFA is a vibrant community devoted to bridging the gap between talent and crew. Each week, our show offers transparent, insightful conversations with industry leaders. We unveil the magic behind the scenes from candid discussions about unique filmmaking processes to in-depth technical exploration. Join us in unraveling the intricacies of filmmaking one episode at a time. It's more than just cameras and lenses over here. We aim to inspire, educate, and empower as we peel back the curtain on the art of effective story telling. Thanks for joining us. All right. As a DP, I know purchasing gear can kind of be a nightmare. Whether you're talent or crew, finding technical solutions to any of your problems can be very challenging. And what's even harder is knowing where to go. So we have an answer for you. Head over to BandPro, one of our incredible sponsors here at CFA. Whether you're looking for high-end cameras and lenses or looking for guidance on what is needed to get started on this equipment journey of yours, BandPro has the gear and team that you need to thrive in your own career. They are the exclusive representative of Ingenue's complete cinema line for all of North and South America, and their customer support is fantastic. Not only do they have a great team to answer any product question you might have, but they also have a talented team of in-house technicians that you can actually talk to to get your equipment back up and running. Which is really important, especially if you're on set. So. Yeah bonus go to bandpro.com or stop in at their location in burbank and please make sure to say hi from cfa because we love them oh, hi so from very much. us yeah hello thanks everyone good morning everybody welcome to our first interview of the day for our final day of filmmaker interviews here at afi fest 2023 i am Haley royal your host of cinematography for actors podcast this is my co-host today i get jack you guys Howdy. all know that i love when i get jack and we're so excited to be sitting here with the filmmaking team of go for grandma i have sitting next to me ron eli cohen the producer i have sabrina doyle the director and maximilian jackson Schmiga. Schmiga, who was the DP on this project. Hi, you guys. Thanks for sitting with us. Hey, thanks for having us. Thank you. So um, we heard right before you showed up, Sabrina, that um, you did shoot this in New York, and we were discussing the difficulties of shooting in New York. Um, what would you say was the most challenging part of that? Because it seemed like there are many challenges we are not faced with here in Los Angeles. Can I ask very quickly, because we just had the benefit of watching this, but unfortunately some of our viewers definitely have not because AFI Fest is your world premiere. Mm -hmm. Can you give us the log line really quickly of uh, your movie? I forgot. I no worries, no so worries. Excited. I'm fresh. This is my first interview of the festival so far, so I'm 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 fresh. Oh, I no, don't no worries. I'm gonna give the log line. Uh, go for grandma. <laughs> go for grandma is um, short film inspired by the iconic '80s fantasy films we all grew up with. On Go for Grandma, uh, is a magical journey into the mind of a young boy who escapes a traumatic home life through the power of his imagination. And you know what? You <laughs> Let's cancel the New York question. I want to talk about the imagination. And I know that you have a question about that. Yeah, I mean, you know, so the the imagination is such a huge part of this, this um, short. But the VFX you use to craft that are beyond incredible. I mean, they're, they're tied so seamlessly into the story in a really wonderful way. What, I mean, what was the VFX process like um and and how did you work especially as a dp around shooting around uh preparing for that in the city of new york you know in such a confined space 
Yeah, so Max and I, um, Ma Max uh, shot it, um, Max and I storyboarded really thoroughly, so it started with the storyboards. We had a great um, storyboard artist, Marcus, and um, did very detailed boards for every single VFX scene. Um, we, I don't usually do that for normally for, for the other scenes, non-VFX scenes, but for the, um, the VFX scenes we wanted sort of detailed boards that we could share with the mm -hmm. team that everyone would see. Um, so we everyone knew what the shot was and that was really important to get everyone on the same page. So you and I spent quite a lot of time in our Airbnb in New York um, yeah. doing that. And then we had um, Pat McClung, who's a veteran on-set VFX supervisor on set with us, which was amazing, yeah. um, kind of, you know, pointing out our mistakes to us. Uh, he's been at it a long time. I think he started on The Abyss um, uh, way back in the day, so um, has been doing this a long time. Um, and, you know, I mean... We we had several VFX scenes. We had um, the Wall Street one, which was um, relatively straightforward in a way because that was just shooting background plates, right? Um, mm. I guess you know maybe you want to talk about the, the blue screen stuff and, and that because that was more complicated. But the Wall Street stuff, we have a dragon flying down Wall Street, and then we have a, a kind of river gushing down Wall Street, and really just that was a question of shooting, getting the plates, um, and. Ahead. One of, and to your question about sort of challenges of New York, one of the challenges is um, controlling traffic and we were on Wall Street and controlling, tra getting intermittent. The only permit you can really get in New York is intermittent traffic control. Got so it. they won't shut down the street for you. Right. Mm -hmm. So they basically say, okay, the light's red. red. You've got you to, go. you've got to, we'll give you an extra minute, go. And, and then it's, wow, up to the, okay. it's up to the cop. If you're like a bit longer because the shot's still going, but then it's, they can say stop at any point right. and, then, and then you reset and wait for the traffic light to change. I have to say we were pretty lucky to film on Wall Street and water and yeah. we, we did have cops on either end of the street mm -hmm. and we could extend it but to see the entire city block being stopped for filming for us was right. something quite incredible for a to few see. minutes yeah I and I do have a question to jump off of that as well so you can't control the traffic was the you did have a fire truck come through was that a hired truck or was that just like a big surprise and you were like this is perfect no, this was all planned like okay we, we, we had to plan the route we had to find a space where to park the fire truck and it had right. to make a huge loop because new york has oh very narrow streets right. and to get right. it around had a specific loop. route and there were quite a few logistical elements in making this film uh happen from a vfx perspective um incorporating you know, various different elements from the apartment, which was partially built on set, mm -hmm. but also practical with the grandmother's side being right. actually on location, but then also having to match the reverse on the kid because we couldn't have the kid leaning outside the window in New York. So right. that's actually on stage. Ah. So there are so many elements between stage, practical, VFX and blue screen that all came together from, uh, from a production perspective. Um, we had, you know, the blue screen elements that we talked about. Um, uh, having the the scene with the horse in the school, mm. um, also the living room turning into an ocean sequence. Yeah. So there was quite a few pieces that all had to come together um, the correct way. So it, it involved several meetings with Sabrina and I, with the VFX supervisors, and um, you know, kind of like coming up with a really good plan how to execute it. And luckily, we were able to do it. And not only, I mean, I don't want to sleep on the the, the VFX uh, specifically. You're talking about it, uh, Wall Street, mm. the the kind of river sequence, I was like, jaw on the floor when the, the water first comes out, and then as soon as uh, it's between the, the the sidewalk, I was like, really? I mean, beautiful. <laughs> but you also you, you had a stunt 
it seemed at least with the biker and the and a taxi was and that was all is that while you were on wall street uh that was on water street yeah yeah so, yeah, yeah. Okay. so just mm-hmm. off wall street yeah yeah yeah, yeah. wow Okay. Yeah. Um, and you also had another water scene that I would really like to discuss. There's a flood. Is that a flood in an actual apartment? Was that how did that happen? What were the logistics of this? That was um. So in order, um, I, I don't think anyone would let us insure their fancy um, <laughs> New York apartment and allow us to flood it. So no, we built a set um, yeah. precisely so that we could flood it. Um, okay. So we built the set inside a water retention tank. Um, so the whole set was built inside a tank, right. um, which was basically sort of word lined with um, plastic. Basically, it wasn't. Yeah. A, I mean, it wasn't a sort of super duper tank. That was basically mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. But it was okay. still built inside a tank. Uh-huh. And then we, um, and then the set build. You know, all of that. The, it stayed. The whole set stayed inside the tank for the whole of um, construction and then production. And then right on the last day we flooded it because obviously mm-hmm. in flooding it we were ruining the set right, and we back. didn't have a second set <laughs> right. so on the very last day we flooded it and, and shot the water scene so during the scene there is the the practical flood but then there's also VFX water you know he imagines he's in a different place and there there are two actors in this scene and I'm wondering uh, as you're switching back and forth between practical and then between the the imagination what sort of conversations are you having with your talent to mm. make sure they know what is happening when and to so that they're on the same page tonally um tonally so in in so in terms of tone you mean escalating the rage and yeah, the kind of yeah, and imagining things, what's behind them exactly right yes. yeah i mean look um that, you know, I, I have to say I'm so impressed with our young child actor Austin because he's yeah, he's really magnificent. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, one because he emo- he's so emotional and he's so, he's so emotionally vulnerable, but but two because he did something that technically was really hard, which was we said we told him there were going to be all these imaginary elements in the frame mm-hmm. and like that scene. Which kind of, you know, in, in some respects in that scene, we did blast him with water. So we okay. sprayed him. So okay. we didn't spray him. I mean, I wish we'd sprayed him more, but, <laughs> but, but um, which is really mean of me. But, but every time you spray him, he gets wet and then there's a reset time. Right. And, you know, mm-hmm. you have to blow dry his hair and change his clothes. And we in, in the end, we couldn't get him that wet because the reset time would have been too big. Yeah. But he was getting wet and they were getting. So they they did kind of they had some physical disc- he went when he was shivering he was really shivering because we we wet him um but um but he was just the but in just in other scenes he was so great at imagining things that weren't there i mean we you know we had a tennis ball on a on a c-stand didn't we and we said this is the dragon <laughs> follow him <laughs> and he was like he was like you know that expression of wonder that he has when he sees the dragon That's is a tennis ball on a sea stand. so believable <laughs> and um and you know the um the seagull there was no seagull there did we ha- did we have a piece of tape for the seagull Maybe. i think there was also a tennis ball on a sea <laughs> stand also a tennis ball. <laughs> the universal how to react to a tennis ball it yeah. should be part of the training it has been everything from dragons to a seagull to to yeah. whatever and this was his first film and so to have him be able to kind of you know, I mean, obviously, he, th- you know, actors thrive when they have a great scene partner and he had mm. amazing scene partners. Amy Madigan came in on her days off um, just so that she could read with him, which was amazing. Wow. Um, yeah. So she, you know, when he, he did really well when he had amazing scene partners and he, he had amazing adult actors to react off of. But he also like his own imagination is so rich that he was able to kind of really imagine that dragon and imagine that seagull. So I was, mm-hmm. you know, he was really impressive. Yeah. yeah. Well, so you, you mentioned this, this alleyway shot and I want to touch on that before we, we end. Um, 
because you know at CBA we talk a lot about collaboration and bridging the gap between talent and crew and you had two days or sh at least shot it in two days that the, the alleyway scenes um, what were kind of the challenges and how did you how did you use communication and work with the crew and talent to get that done in two days? So yeah, we shot in over two days in as much as um, we shot. So everything, so there's, so just for the viewers, there's a scene in which a boy leans out of his window in New York and then on the other side of the alleyway, his grandmother's leaning out of her window and they're having a conversation right. via walkie-talkie. And it's a New York alleyway, maybe 30 foot wide, something mm -hmm. like that. So we shot everything in the boy's bedroom, um, mm -hmm. looking in um, and looking out. Everything in his bedroom was shot on the, on the soundstage mm -hmm. and we right. built that set. And then, and then the grandmother's alley, uh, the grandmother's apartment um, was in a real New York alleyway. Um, and so we shot that conversation in two parts. Um, his side on on right. stage on the on set and her side in an actual real New York alleyway and so they were t you know the, getting the continuity of that sort of like lighting continuity blocking continuity but also mm -hmm. emotional continuity because right. they were mm -hmm. shot on two very different days was a real was a real challenge and we kind of it, it, was, it was something we were really worried about and yeah. it, you know it cuts together I mean it's sort of credit to our editor Banner that he it cuts together so well I think yeah. but, mm -hmm. but I mean the communication was tough because we had crew on you know on two sides of right. in two different locations quite far away I mean I'm you want to you had a i mean and we had a big crew like because we were lighting yeah for night exteriors on that and it was, I mean, yeah i mean it was a big challenge from like from every aspect on this film like it's not a small production what we were trying to achieve here um from trying to match the the performance trying to match the lighting on stage for um for dusk for night yeah um you know for the the sunset shot with the dragon there were quite a few elements that all had to come together f um later in post and we, um, I think a lot of the communication, not only between us, but also be between the crew has to happen. So they understand what has to match, what the lighting has to match, the camera mm. movement has to match, the framing has to match. Yeah. Like there's so many little pieces. And often like the best way is just to repeat it as often as possible, to explain as often as possible in the hopes that everybody's on the same page. Yeah. And um, that's how it kind of I mean, a, this is an example of how everyone on set matters because in a location where you're so spread out and there are people all over the place and you right. can't just sort of say to someone, hey, you know, everyone's communicating on walkie. Right. I think this is an example of how everyone on set, like, doing really good walkie communication really mm. matters and mm -hmm. kind of sort of so that you can say to someone who's too, you know, you know, two blocks away, <laughs> this is happening, you know, lock it up, you know, here. And so, I mean, everyone on the set is really important at that yeah. point. Um, and so, you know, we did that with varying degrees of success. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was a learning curve, right? I, I mean, mean it's always challenges. Off, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's tough. We're working with, with a child actor who can only be on set for so many hours. Right. So we have mm -hmm. the limitation. Right. We can't work like even 10 or 12 hours with the kid. Yeah. We only had him for, I think, six hours in front of camera and eight hours on the day. Yeah. So it's you're trying to get a lot done in yeah. a very limited amount of time. Thank goodness he was good, right? Yeah, he really yeah. Ron, I would really like to know as producer, was there anything when you saw this script, when you came onto this project, that you were ready to go to the mat to get rid of? Was there anything that was like just too much for you? And I would also like to know if you're surprised by anything you didn't think you were going to be able to save that actually ended up being saved. Feel free to use my mind. Hopefully, yeah. this, is, hopefully this isn't a sore spot of something that you you no, ripped out of the hand. I am ready for. Came boxing. on to the project late. Okay. So I came on in post. So. Got it. The script and film was shot, so we kind of shaped it in post. But no, honestly, uh, by All the right. time I came on, the script was shot, everything was shot. Mm -hmm. I don't think we made a ton of changes in the edit from when I saw it. No, I mean, you know, look, I mean, the challenge, you know, you know, Ron 
basically has shepherded us through a very complicated VFX process. Um, the film came together, the VFX part of the film um, really came together in post. Um, we didn't have our vendors lined up before we shot, um, and so all of that happened after Ron came on, and that that was a whole odyssey in itself. That was, I, you know, the whole VFX process was like, it was like being in production, wasn't it? Was it? A, a very long being, and so that's kind of what was interesting about, maybe you can talk about that, because I mean, at that point, we could have like dropped VFS, VFX sequences, for example. We could have dropped, I mean, yeah. what was interesting was seeing, because you've seen the film, I mean, I think out of a 20 minute, 30 minute film, 15 is VFX. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it was interesting seeing how much those VFX shape the story and the decisions you make, how much they could change and shift the story. So that process was a bit back and forth of what is a dragon going to look like? Yeah. What is a Wall Street? So it wasn't so much trying to pull things out as much as get them in. Just kind of the reverse. So, I mean, sounds like a smooth situation and like you were kind of I wouldn't say up smooth, ended but up being a blessing. Well, it came off smooth. <laughs> it really <laughs> did. It came is, off is beautifully. Wonderful, and I wish we had an infinite amount, amount of time yeah. to talk about this, but... But we have to wrap it up. We do. You screen today at 11 a.m. And it is the world premiere here at AFI Fest. So if you're at the festival, catch it. Highly recommend. Jack and I are absolutely big fans now. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Bye. Join us in bridging the gap between talent and crew. Start by subscribing on your preferred podcast platform. Sign up for our newsletter to stay up to date on vendor discounts, community events, new podcast releases, and you can educate yourself through our free course releases on YouTube. It all starts at cinematographyforactors.com. And if you like this episode, consider leaving a review to make it easier for fine folks just like yourself to find us. <laughs>